Proverbs chapter number 18. We'll read uh, one verse of scripture. And if you will, stand with us for the reading and reverence of the word of God. Proverbs chapter number 18. Let's get turned on here. Uh, Proverbs chapter number 18 and verse number 19. The Bible says, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. You can be seated. Heavenly Father, we ask that you'd take us tonight and use us, Lord, for your glory, for your honor. We pray, God, tonight that the preached word of God would help us in our life. We know that it will if we will make application with it. We ask, God, that you'd help us to make the application, uh, Lord, with the scriptures tonight that would help us navigate and walk through this minefield of life that we live in. We'll thank you. We'll praise you. We'll give you glory. And we will give you the honor. In Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen and amen. Now, this morning we uh, was preaching about prayer in a sense and how we should approach uh, our prayer life concerning others, those that are uh, struggling with sin in their life and uh, praying in the will of God. And we noticed in Jeremiah chapter number 7 an instance in which God uh, told Jeremiah, or the Lord impressed upon Jeremiah some things that he was not to pray for, all right? Nowhere in the scripture do we find that Jeremiah was supposed to stop praying. Nowhere do we find that Jeremiah was supposed to stop having compassion on people. We find that there was a specific way in which he was praying that was not in the will of God for him to continue to pray in that manner, all right? We do know that men ought always to pray and to faint not. And we dealt with, uh, looked at and considered the priest, the Levite and the Samaritan and uh, things of that nature. But tonight we, we were, and in the context of, of Luke chapter number 10, we were talking about a neighbor. That certain man was a neighbor. And we emphasized the fact that that neighbor wasn't a brother. And a lot of times we'll have compassion, as was stated this morning, on a family member or someone that's close and near and dear to our heart, or we're sympathetic, if you will, to some things that's maybe going on in their personal life. And uh, sometimes we pray for their personal life earthly, but we not pray for their life eternally, all right? And we have a, a carnal mindset even to the well-being of those we have an emotional attachment to. But as we understand the context of Luke chapter number 10, we understand that this Samaritan had compassion on one that was his neighbor. And you do understand that it is a, uh, it is second, loving your neighbor is second to loving the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. All right? The Bible teaches us that. But what do we do concerning that of a brother? Now, I want you to notice Proverbs here. This, this is a, a man of wisdom now that knows what he's talking about, that the Lord God has moved upon Solomon. And, and we get this writing here in Proverbs chapter number 18. 
And verse number 19, the Bible says a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. I began to think about the words that were used to describe the contentions and the restriction or the, uh, the lack of listening, if you will, from this brother. A brother is offended, it's harder to be won than a strong city. And when we consider that, I think of John chapter number 4 and verse number 44. The Bible said, For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. I believe that you would agree with me tonight in your own personal experiences that it's harder to deal with your family on spiritual issues than it is even that of a stranger that may be lost and undone and doesn't know God in the free pardon of sin. Sometimes it's easier to walk up to a complete stranger that you know nothing about, hand them a gospel tract, ask them if they're saved, than it is to go to your own family member and deal with the spiritual well-being of that individual. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but I do want you to understand that a brother offended is hard to be won than a strong city. And then the Bible said in their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Do you know why there's bars on a castle? Number one, the bars are on the castle because that individual doesn't want you creeping in through a side door or a sidebar or a sideway to get inside of where they're living at. You'll find that a lot of family members, when it gets down to their spiritual well-being, don't want you getting into the crooks and crevices of the innermost parts of where they dwell and dealing with the problems and the situations that's in their life. And so you understand that the castle is where this individual dwells, in which this individual lives, and, and where this individual has his private or her private time. And that private part of their life, although you are a, 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 a brother or a sister or a son or a daughter or a mother or a father, whatever the relationship may be, that very interpersonal space, that place where they dwell by themselves, they don't want you entering into that place. And so a brother offended. Now, considering this thought of a brother offended, let's look at Matthew chapter 13 while you hold your place in Proverbs chapter number 18. Let's look at Matthew chapter number 13. Matthew chapter number 13. Let's look at verse number 53 and we'll read down to verse number uh, 57. All right. The Bible says, and it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue. Now let me ask you a question. What was he doing in the synagogue? How was he teaching? He was verbalizing what he was thinking. What he was thinking was coming out through his mouth, right? He was teaching by speaking what was on his mind, all right? So the Bible said, and when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? 
Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? Notice what they say. Notice what is said rather in verse 57. And they were, read it with me, offended. And they were offended. Why were they offended in that of the teachings of Jesus? They simply did not like what he said. What he said, coupled with him being the person that they knew him to be, understanding, Brother Shane, that they knew of the life and the upbringing of Jesus Christ because they knew of his history upon the earth. Now, obviously, they were lacking some other history, but they had some history of Jesus' time on earth because they knew his family. They knew him as being a carpenter's son. They knew him as the son of Mary. They understood this little baby that had been born and had grew up in their presence. Now he's speaking something, and what he's speaking, they do not like, and so they are what? They are offended. That's interesting, because the Bible tells us in Proverbs 18 and 19 that a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Now that would almost, Brother Marvin, make one feel helpless and hopeless to be able to reach the one that you are close to, that you love, that you want to help, but for whatever reason, the message that you bring causes them to be offended, and so the contention there causes them to be one as it puts a bar up in the window of their dwelling place where you cannot get into the inner places in which they live. There's a defense. You find that the bars in the window is a defense. When we were in downtown Mobile, Alabama, at 5 o'clock in the morning, you could go through that uh, uh, garden district down there and every window had bars in it. Do you know why? They were trying to keep those that was on the outside from making their way to the inside. It was their way of defending what was there. Alright? And so we find that people do the very same thing. They clam up. They lock up like a rusty cob. They'll be talking one minute, you mention something about God or the Bible or the spirituality, and it comes to a grinding halt immediately. What happens? The bars go up. And they do not want you entering into an area in which is their private place. They don't want you getting into that area of their life. That area is off limits to you and to everyone else. So what do we do? We share the message. The message offends. The brother that's offended is got contention, and the contention now is causing there to be as such as bars over to, uh, in front of the castle window. And so what do we do here? The Bible says here, they were offended in him, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. The Bible says in verse 58, and he did not many mighty works there, because of their unbelief. Alright? Does that mean that Jesus quit doing mighty works? Oh no. Does that mean that Jesus quit bearing the message? Oh no. Jesus went elsewhere. Amen. And he gave the message. And he taught. And he showed his deity through the miracles in which he worked. And can I say to you. 
that in doing that and in going out and ministering elsewhere and continuing to stay faithful for the cause, word got back and does get back to that of the place in which Jesus is from. Now, unfortunately, you might find that in reaching one that's closest to you, you have to go way around the backside of the barn, friend, to ever reach them. It may actually mean for a time that you have to walk away and let things be what they are while you continue to be faithful to the will of God elsewhere. And by being faithful to God elsewhere, you are being noticed by the one that has put up the bar. They will not allow you into their dwelling place, but they are seeing God use you for his glory and for his honor elsewhere. Unfortunately, a lot of times people get discouraged because those that they love and hold near and dear to their heart will not accept the message that they bring. They are offended. They put up the bars the, uh, the, uh, the castle doors and windows and will not allow you into their inner being. And because you get discouraged and frustrated, you just feel like quitting. You feel like stopping because there's no use. Now, part of that comes from the fact that we have sympathy for those we love, but we do not because we are not right with God like we should be. We are not having the kind of compassion on our neighbor that we should be. All right? So we, we find that it's a natural, we have a natural ability to care more for those. Listen, an animal naturally cares for its own. I, I was coming through to, uh, the, between uh, Little Orr City and Oak Ridge, the back way, and I come by Melton Hill down and hit a deer the other day, a baby deer. And I, there was nothing I could do. I mean, I tried everyone in the world to keep hitting that baby deer. And the mama and the other baby deer went across the road, and that deer stood over there in the, in the woods and blowed and snorted and pawed, trying to get me away and get her baby to come on to where she was at. That's just natural. We naturally have an affection and a, and a sympathy for those that we care about, but the neighbor you find, that one that's just walking down the road lost and undone, we don't seem to have that same kind of sympathy or that same kind of compassion. All right, and so what, I'm, what are you saying here? I'm saying if we allow the relationships that we have uh, with our close loved ones that put up the bars, and that prevents us from going and doing what God wants us to do for our neighbor, we may never exemplify and show to our family what it is that we are wanting them to see. Now, they are watching. You do need to understand that. Just because the bar's up and they won't let you in the window does not mean they're not standing at the window looking out at you doing what it is that you are doing today, friend. All right? So, having said that, the Bible teaches us here that Jesus and the message that he brought offended so what are we to do? How are we to, how, do, how are we to react? Well, look with me in Proverbs chapter number 18 and verse number 6. A fool's lips enter into contention. Now notice with me, a brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city. We agree that the Lord Jesus Christ shared a message. The message brought uh, a contention. It brought offense. They were offended by the message. If the, offended, if the message brought an offense, and we understand that a brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle, and that contention comes from the lips of a fool, what in the world are we supposed to do? How do we navigate that? The Bible said a fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. Do you know what that means? 
If, 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 if my lips cause contention with Marvin and, and, and it comes to strokes, that means I better be looking out for some fists for Marvin fixing to fly in my direction. You'll find sometimes, friend, when you start dealing with your loved ones that you're so close to, and you start trying to tell them about the, the Bible or the Lord or what the Lord's trying to do, they'll put up boots and fight with you. And you'll find, you will find that, that you will not allow, you will not, your family members may not allow somebody else to beat you up. But they don't have a problem beating you up sometimes. All right, family will fight like cats and dogs. And you'll find that when you try to help them, uh, contentions brew. And when contentions brew, they go to strokes, they put up their dukes, and they're ready to fight. And they'll fight and fight and fight until before it's over with, everybody's wounded and hurt, and it's just a big mess. So what do we do? How do we handle that? The Bible said here that a fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. A fool's mouth is his destruction. A fool's lips enter into contention. So here's what I want you to see. Is it wrong to share the message? Is it wrong for us to tell the truth? No, it's not wrong. But I'm going to say this. God give you a brain. And the Holy Ghost of God is to lead us and guide us and direct us. And we are to be mindful of the Spirit of God. And rather than going off half-cocked, friend, in our carnal nature and tell them like it is, because you'll also find that the one that you're closest to and the one that you're the most familiar with is the one that you can wrap back and unholster and start shooting at faster than anybody. You're not going to go down to Home Depot tonight. You're not going to go into Lowe's and walk in and hand a gospel tract to the cashier. And when she looks at you funny and aggravated because she don't want what you brought, you're not going to unholster your weapon and start shooting off at the mouth of her and treating her like a dog. But you'll find that the first time you try to talk to a loved one about the Lord and they get a little crossways with you and they spout off and you get up in anger and you spout back off and before you know it, what's happening? Everybody's up with their dukes up, ready to fight. Then everything you work for has been destroyed. Every, listen to me. Everything you've done to get to that point has been destroyed. Now, it's unfortunate today that you and I have to deal with some of these problems, but it is reality. And if we're going to deal with them and expect God to do something out of this situation, we're going to have to be sure to follow the leadership of the Lord. And so far, everything we found from this morning up to today, uh, tonight, is, is we're not able to do it over on the court. We acted upon our natural mindset. Let me put my glasses on. I can't see anything. If we had to go to a natural mindset, we'd be fighting all the time, everything would be falling apart, we'd be telling everybody what we thought, shooting off at the mouth, dukes would be up, and we'd never get nothing done to the world long ago. That's not being an example. Let me tell you something. When it's time to be an example before your family members, that's the hardest time to be an example. That is the hardest time you'll ever have being an example. And unfortunately, sometimes that's the people that you're in front of the most. And you better be careful because although it may not be your fault that they are the way they are, it could be because you're not following the leadership of the Lord that things continue to degrade because of the way that you're responding. Now, I know that that's not easy. But listen, relying on God is how we get through every day. See, we've got so used to living a lifestyle that we think is easy because we're actually not doing anything. 
But to do what God wants us to do is to give of ourselves in a sacrificial way. And I assure you, it's sacrificial when you start getting on a family that don't want to do right, yet you're trying to be that particular witness in front of them. The message isn't wrong, but we must be selectful and, and consider when we open our mouth and how we go about it. And the very things that the, the, the one that you're trying to witness to, uh, if you're not careful, you'll do things and get involved in things that they want you to do just so they can use that against you later when you do come to them and try to talk to them about the Lord. There's things that they want to do and involve you in that's anti-biblical, anti-God. And if you do those things, it takes all of the wind, friend, out of yourself when it's time to talk to them about the Bible. We still ought to obey God rather than men. I believe in submission. I believe in a husband that should love his wife uh, as Christ of the church. I believe that a woman should be submissive to her husband. But I do not believe that a woman is supposed to go against that Bible right now. Just for the sake of pleasing an ungodly man. And by Versa. We're not to do that. I have a mother. I have a daddy. I'm supposed to respect my mom. I'm supposed to respect my daddy. I'm supposed to, to love them and care about them. I'm supposed to honor them. But honoring them is me doing what my God says. Whether they see it as honor or whether they don't. That does not mean that my mother or my father has the authority to make me or tell me to do something as a grown man that has a family to do something that goes against my Bible. If that was the case, Daniel would have been wrong. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they would have been wrong because they didn't bow down to the laws of the land in which they live. So there, what, what, where do we go back to? The Bible. Always going back to the Bible. We must measure everything, every area of our life by the written word of God. So the Bible says here, I don't even know where I'm at. I got, I got sidetracked. Go with me, if you will, to Joshua chapter number six. All right? Hold your place in Proverbs and go with us to Joshua chapter number six. All right. Now, we're dealing here with a brother that's offended. A brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Seems almost hopeless, because it's almost as if the message that we bring is the very thing that causes the bars of their heart to go up. So how do we handle that? Well, we was talking this morning about prayer. Praying in the will of God. Understanding that it, there comes a time in the world when you and I just have to realize, hey, what's going on in their life is so anti-God and having such an adverse effect in other people's lives that I love and care about. That I'm going to have to start praying that God, rather, remo rather than remove the consequences of their sin, I'm going to have to pray that God would take the consequences of their sin and drive them to their knees because when they're on their knees, they're the closest they'll ever be to being right with God. Amen. All right? And so that's the mindset. But here's what I want you to understand. It's not helpless that we share the message. But I do want you to understand something. It is, it is still true today that we are to be separated, that we are to be different, 
that our spouses or that our mothers and fathers or our sons and daughters or our aunts and uncles or our cousins or whoever it may be understands that we are going to first and foremost abide by the written word of God regardless of their expectations of us. And I want, to, I want you to know something tonight. It does come at a cost. I won't lie to you tonight. I have folk in my, own, in my own family tonight that I do not fellowship with because of the differences that we have in regards to that Bible. I, and that's just the truth. But I also need you to understand tonight, I've got my own family that I have to re- uh, protect. And, and I've got a God that I serve that's expecting me to do some things. And so here's what I'm saying. I must put God first. If you cannot tonight say that you're putting God first in front of your relationship, you will never, ever be in that relationship what you must be to help that one you love come out of the problems in which they are in. It's not possible. Scripture. All right? But it's a matter of, of contentions. A brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars. Of a castle. And you'll find all through the scripture, Brother Shane's been in the book of Nehemiah, and we're talking about, and we're seeing the rebuilding of the walls at Jerusalem. And you understand that these cities are fortified. These cities in the Bible had towers, what's towers? They had, they had, uh, they had gates that would be closed to, to keep people from going in and out. There was, there was walls that were built, and these weren't little walls either. These were massive walls that were built so that the enemy could not come into the city. All right? And essentially, when we have a brother that's offended, that's what's happening. They have fortified their life in such a way as for you not to be able to enter into the realm or the area of their life that they want you cut off from. All right? As long as you want to talk about meaningless things or joke about and jest, everybody's fine. But if you start getting down to the seriousness of what God's Word says, the bars go up. Right? All right. So here's what happens. The Bible says here in chapter number 6, Now Jericho was straightly shut up. Now Jericho is the first city attacked by Joshua and the Israelites under his leadership, all right? And so the Bible says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. You know what that sounds like to me? Sounds like the the city was fortified. Everybody was on lockdown. No one was coming out. Nothing was getting in. You'll find a lot of times you're trying to get in and that, that opponent, that one you love, is locked up. You can't get anything in and they're not letting anything out. Right? So here's what's happening. The Bible says here, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. Now here's, here's the interesting thing about verse 3. What was it that these people had to do? Joshua said, uh, the Bible said, The Lord said unto Joshua, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor, and ye shall come past the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once, thus shalt thou do six days. What does compass mean? If you look at the definition of compass, compass is passing round a circular course or a circuit. Now, I love the picture that the Lord shows us in the Word of God about how he deals with this enemy, this fortified city that was on lockdown. You understand that God told Joshua that they were to compass it. They were to go around it. Not just one day, 
Not just two days. Not just three days. But day after day after day was the routine that God told them that they were to take. So could God say that day one when they come past the city, nothing happens. Day two goes by. They come past the city. Now what's happening day by day? Well, they're still having to eat. They're still having to sleep. They're still having to live their life. They're having to be obedient to the command of God if they expect for this city that's fortified to be broken into. All right? So day by day, they're having to follow the command of God through the leadership of Joshua. And what happens is they come past. So they're going round and they're going round and they're going round. How many of you would say that in your relationships with people that you're trying to see God do something in their life, you just go round and round and round and round. Seems like you never get nowhere with them. Amen? You're just always going in a circle where you started from. You start out and you wind up right back where you started. It seems like every single time. But you're doing what while you're going round and round and round? You're trying to maintain your fellowship with that of the Lord and your obedience to His command while we're trusting Him to do what we cannot do. And as we stated this morning, friend, there's some things that we can do, but there's some things that we're expecting God to do that we cannot. But should we expect God to do what we cannot, it is going to require us to do what we can. And what we can is stay obedient to the command of the Lord and the Holy Ghost of God who will never lead you astray or pull you anti-Bible will help you with the Word of God, coupled with the Word of God, to do what you need to do as you need to do it. But it's going to require you being close enough to God to be sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to expect God to tell you and help you how to navigate this. So it's not just you wake up one morning and suddenly everything's all right. No, 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 no. You've got a part to play. And it's such a sensitive part that if you're not close to God, you cannot hear what God is telling you and how to act day by day or what to say or when to say it or when to keep your mouth shut or when's not the best time to say what it is that you think you ought to say. It's a very sensitive thing. This is sensitive. I wish I could drive the point home to tonight how sensitive it is. It's so sensitive that it's mind-wracking. It'll cause you to have sleepless nights. It'll cause you to pray a whole lot more than you ever thought you would. Why? Because you realize the sensitivity of the situation. I liken it as to a minefield. It is a minefield, and if you step on the wrong spot, you're going to blow up. And relationships today are blowing up because people are haphazardly running through the minefield today instead of saying, Lord, you said in the Psalms that you'd be my guide even in the death uh, through the Spirit of God that dwells inside of me to help me navigate this trial and this trail that I am on. Can I say to you, every relationship's different. Every individual is different. The minefield that I may go through with one individual may be a totally different minefield with another. And we have to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. And can I remind you, this is the importance of what the preacher was preaching on for a week straight. That you and I have got to be close to God enough to be able to hear His voice. And hear that still, small voice that speaks to us and deals with us and helps us to move and navigate. When we start moving and acting upon our own carnal desires or our own carnal frustration, or we open our mouth, friend, in a manner that doesn't come from God, you can be guaranteed that the contentions will come, and you will not break through the bars. You will not get to the inside. But round and round and round they go. 
every day. And the Bible said, You shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once, thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. This shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. All right, so Bible said in verse 6, And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns, before the ark of the Lord. Now you say, why did he compass it seven times? If you look at the Bible and you study numbers numerically, seven is the number of completion. The Lord, through a process, was doing what he wanted to do, but it was contingent upon the obedience of Joshua and the children of Israel. Can I say to you, you want something done. God's wanting to do something too. Your will should be his will. But you'll find that sometimes if you are not sensitive, to the direction of the Lord day by day, even though you feel like you're running around in a circle, that when you get to that time when the wall should fall, the wall doesn't fall. But what you must do is stay the course to completion. And when you stay the course to completion, the Lord will do with you and through you things you cannot do of your own natural ability. Did you know that God wants to use you a finite individual with a damaged flesh, God wants to use you in a supernatural way. God wants to use you in a supernatural way. And we're so carnal today, we don't even realize that. We don't even see it. So the Bible says here that in verse 8, it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priest that blew with the trumpets and the, and the uh, rearward came after the ark, the priest going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people saying, listen now, listen to this. Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye Shout. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 6 says, A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. Contentions are like the bars of a castle in verse number 19. Can I say to you, Joshua commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. Does that mean that they weren't allowed to shout? No. It means they were to shout at a specific time when they were commanded. Now, here's what I want you to understand. There's a time for you and I to say things. Then there's a time for you and I to keep our mouth shut. And sometimes you'll find that when you want to speak is the very time that you should not speak. For most of the time, when you should speak is the time that your inner man's telling you, your carnality is saying, I'd rather not do that. Take a young man that's been called to preach, that's not boastful or prideful or trying to make a name for himself. His knees are knocking. And he's not wanting to say what God's telling him to say. How many preachers have you ever heard of as young preachers getting called or even older ones said, I run from the call to preach? Why? Because inside, your flesh is saying, I can't do this. And what I find a lot of times we do is we rear back like a bany rooster and crow when we ought to keep our mouth shut. 
And the Lord's saying, I'm giving you the, I'm giving you the city. The city's as good as yours. Even though it's tighter than Fort Knox, even though the bars are up, even though they fortified, even though you can't get in and they're not coming out, I give it to you, but it's going to come when you are obedient to me, sensitive to my command, and you do what I say, and you keep your mouth shut until I tell you to speak. But when I tell you to speak, wrap back and let it fly. And so here's what I'm saying to you. We better be selectful. We better be careful what we say, when we say it, and how we say it. All right, and so the Bible here, uh, the Bible said, and Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth. The other day I bid you shout, then shall you shout. So the ark of the Lord can pass the city, going about it once. And they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. And seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the rearward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day uh, they can pass the city once and returned into the camp. So they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and can pass the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they can pass the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout! For the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it, and all that are therein, to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the, in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. Now, uh, look at verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpets, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Now I want you to notice this. Did God use one individual to compass that city and make that city to fall? No. God used a people. God used a people. Now you need to pay attention to this. Because God may be using more than just you to get his job done. He's using you. You are a key component. But there are other people involved that you may not understand their part in this. And so we see that, that God used more than one person to get the job done. And uh, you see here that uh, uh, the Bible said, that so the people shouted and the priests blew the trumpets and it came to pass. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout and the wall fell down flat so that the people went up unto the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Let me give you some advice and I'll be done tonight. We better just do what God tells us to do. Navigate the minefields that God has put us in for his glory and for the honor by the leadership of the Lord. Speak when we are moved of the Holy Ghost to open our mouth. Keep it shut when we are not moved of the Holy Ghost to open our mouth. Love, have compassion, be faithful, be an example, live before folk, do what's right, show that you're willing to go with that Bible even when it offends the one that's wanting you to go against God and do what they want you to do instead. And then you'll find that by going round and round and round that God in his time of completion will complete the work that he is trying to do, but you fall into this matter by staying faithful and sensitive to the will of God for your life. And trust that God will do 
what you cannot do. What are we doing tonight? We better do what we can, when we can, how we can. Trust God to do what we can. But understand that while we're waiting on him to do what we can, he is still expecting us to do what we can. And every one of us, through the Spirit of God that dwells inside of you as a born-again believer, be obedient to the will of God. If you'll keep, your in a place, keep yourself in a place where you're sensitive to the Spirit by reading that Bible as we read this morning, studying that Bible, keeping yourself, uh, building up yourself on your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Ghost, having compassion, the Bible said, making a difference. Did you know if you'll build yourself on your most holy faith, if you'll pray in the Holy Ghost, if you'll have compassion, you, you, the Bible said you, making a difference. Are you making a difference today? So, well, I can't see it. You don't have to see it to have faith in the Word of God. You're making it. Listen to me. You are making a difference today if you are building yourself up on your most holy faith, if you are praying the Holy Ghost, if you are being sensitive to the Spirit of God. Now, you are not hindering the Spirit of God. You are not hurting the Spirit of God because disobedience, friend, will cause the Spirit of God to be wounded. But if you're being obedient tonight to the Spirit of God, you're building yourself on your most holy faith. You're praying in the Holy Ghost. You have compassion. You are making a difference. It's not something that you have to see. It's something that you know the authority of the Word of God. But if you've offended the Holy Spirit, if you're not where you can hear him speak, if you are not keeping your mouth shut when you need to keep your mouth shut, if you're not speaking when he says speak, if you're not moving when he says move, if you're not staying faithful to his call, if you're allowing that one that you're trying to reach to get in front of you and God, to get between you and God, I assure you, you are not making a difference in the right manner. You're making a difference in the wrong manner. God's going to use you, and you can be used, and you can make a difference from the authority of God's word if you follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, but it will require you to be building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, having compassion, and listening, being very, very sensitive to the Spirit of God in your life. Let's all stand to our feet. We aren't going to have any music tonight. I don't feel like that would uh, be the Lord's will tonight. We're just going to stand to our feet. We're going to bow our heads, no one looking around. We're going to take a moment, and if you need to do business with God, I want you to have the opportunity to do that tonight. Would you come and talk to the Lord? Listen, we need the Lord's help. We cannot break through the bars of the castle. God has to do that. The children of Israel could not take down the walls, uh, the fortified walls at uh, Jericho. God had to do it. But they had to be obedient in order to have it done. I wonder tonight, if you just simply being obedient to the Spirit of God in your life, that would allow you to make a difference in the lives of those that you're trying to see get some help. You need to come, please come. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we come to you tonight. Lord, we tried to preach the message that you laid upon our heart for the hour. And we're asking you, Lord, to do that message what only you can. Pray that you drive that into the hearts of everyone listening. We all have loved ones. We all have people that we care about. We all have people we want to see 
uh, Lord, get right with you, be right with you, get saved on their way to heaven. And Lord, if we're going to make a difference, we're going to have to hold to these truths that we've learned tonight and seen in the scriptures. We love you. We trust that you'll help us. We thank you for the Spirit of God, for the Word of God that helps us and teaches us and guides us in all truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.